Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we have several guests here from Crow Wing County. We have Crow Wing County Community Services Director Kara Terry with us, as well as Deb Swazer, who is a case aide, and Nikki Alec, who is a child foster care licensor with Crow Wing County. But first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Kara, let's start with you. Um, and we're hoping you can give us a update on uh, COVID and the COVID vaccination program here in Crow Wing County. Absolutely. So today we are at 6,518 cases to date. We have 344 folks who are hospitalized. And unfortunately, we've lost 88 people to COVID. And that's only in Crow Wing County. Correct. Just um, rates of infection and hospitalizations, you may have noticed, were increasing significantly in March and April, but we have seen them uh, slow down. We have about 51% of our Crow Wing County residents, 16 and older, who have had at least one dose of the vaccine, which is good news. And we're expecting the vaccine to be available for kids 12 and older very soon. Um, just a plug for our vaccine clinics. Um, our Crow Wing County community clinics are listed on our website along with a self-scheduling option. So folks can go to Crow Wing all one word, dot us. If they need assistance in scheduling, they can call 218-824-1289. If they have vaccine questions, they're welcome to send us an email at covid.vaccine at crowwing.us. Or they can give us a call on our public health line, and that number is 218 824 1170. And then finally, a plug for our healthcare entities and our pharmacies as they continue to offer clinics um, in our area and are doing a fantastic job in helping get folks vaccinated as well. Yeah, Kara, it's pretty safe to say that if you're 16 and older and want a COVID shot, you can get one. And I mean, pretty quick, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And we encourage that. Yeah. Um, as far as the county is concerned, do you have all the different vaccines options uh, through Crow Wing County? So we have been offering Moderna. Okay. And we also usually, now that the, the pause has been lifted, Johnson & Johnson. Um, but just, just ask at the time of scheduling, and we'll be happy to let you know which, which kind we have available. I'm curious if you have heard some of the questions that are asked uh, when people wonder about the vaccines, uh, because it, it seems to me, I mean, my wife and I right away said, let's go get our shots. And we've reached a point now where there are, there's some hesitancy. Is that safe to say? That is very safe to say. Um, and it it's somewhat unfortunate. Um, there are um, some side effects that people experience with the vaccine, um, either the first and or second dose. Um, and some can be, you know, fairly significant in terms of potentially running a low grade temp or, um, having the chills, that type of thing. But certainly, uh, in my mind, the symptoms or the, um, the side effects, the results of those vaccinations are less significant than if you were to develop COVID. Yeah. For sure. Yep. I just saw a very interesting argument for getting the COVID today. 
And it was written by getting a, a vaccine, you mean? Or, or yeah. getting a vaccine, I'm sorry, uh, by someone who had COVID. And they said, we shouldn't be telling people, get the shot or you might die. They, they said, from my perspective, get the shot or you will lose your sense of taste and smell. And for some people, I, he's quoted 86% of people who get COVID have this side effect. And for some, it's very long lasting. Have, have, That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of, um, we call them COVID long haulers. Um, in my own life, I have a family member who, had thought that if I, if I get COVID, it's not going to be as severe, right? It's going to be sinuses or something insignificant. And it ended up that this person wound up in the hospital for five days. Um, he was fairly healthy in his fifties, got out, had about a week at home and then ended back up in the hospital with blood clots due to COVID wow. in his lungs. So you just never know what, what you could be facing. So better safe than sorry, I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Um, it is good to hear that we can get those shots. And again, uh, you gave that number, uh, and, and website. Find out more there. I know people can also just talk to their doctor because all our area health facilities are, uh, offering the vaccines as well as, did you say some of the pharmacies here in the lakes area? Mm-hmm. That's correct. We have a number of pharmacies who are providing the vaccine and they're doing a great job. That's where I got mine was at a pharmacy. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, keep up the good work, and uh, with any luck at all, I just saw, again, the goal is to get to that 70%. We're not there, but that herd immunity is very important, isn't it? That is correct. That's what we're looking for in terms of reopening fully and being able to engage in all of the fun life opportunities again. Right. And not only that, but I, I heard someone talking about the fact that the the big worry, if we don't get to herd immunity, is that we will see other variants. And these could be far worse than anything we've seen so far. But if we can knock down this virus by getting to herd immunity, the chance of seeing these variants is greatly reduced, isn't it? That is correct. I think you're the expert on here today, Ken. Uh, well, it's you don't just, need me. I've, I've just been hearing these things. And uh, and he's doing his research yeah, and he's and, looking into it. Yeah, yeah. and I think people, people should be looking into this, though, because it is important to get the to get the vaccine. That's correct. I was on a presentation yesterday um, through MDH, and they had listed, I don't have it in front of me today, but the all of the different variants have been found um, in the state of Minnesota and the numbers associated. Um, I believe folks, if they're curious, could go to the MDH website and check out um, some of the variant data and, and like you, research um, what's actually happening. We encourage that as well. Very good. All right. Well, uh, Kara, uh, we want to thank you for being part of the show today to talk about the update, and we hope people will get that vaccine because it is important. Meanwhile, May is foster care month, and uh, of course, Deb Swayzer and Nikki Alec are both in the uh, uh, social workers department and deal with foster care. And uh, Deb, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, uh, we continue to hear that there is a need for foster parents. We always have a need. We have um, non-relative foster homes and we have relative foster homes. The non-relative homes, um, we're always looking for a different age group that they are willing to um, supply care for. And we have where they can call and talk with a licensor, which is Nikki, or receive a packet that will um, start the process going 
but me and Nikki had talked. There's a lot of questions connected with foster care and how it works. And so we kind of set up some like question and answers to give people an idea of if they're hesitating due to some things they aren't sure of how it works, that we can maybe help them with that. And that will maybe get them on the road to making a decision whether this is a because it's a life decision if they want to become foster parents because it does affect their family and we want to make it as easy as possible and um, be helpful in that regard. So if you don't mind, we're going to do some of these questions and I will ask them of Nikki, who is our licensor at the county, and she can respond to those. Excellent. Okay. So our main thing is what is the goal of foster care? And reunification is always the goal of foster care. Right. Foster care is a temporary arrangement while families receive the help they need. Foster care provides a network of caring, stable people who are willing to not only help the child, but also the child's family to support the child returning home. And what some of this is, is me as a case aide, uh, we do visits with um, children and their birth families. And that is to keep them connected. Foster parents are a very important part of that. We want to make sure that the children are in a good place to be supported, but also to realize that their parents are doing what needs to be done to um, make going home a safe uh, prospect. Does that always happen? Honestly, no. But that is our goal is to make it safe for kids to return to their birth home. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that answers that question. Yes. Yes. Then it's, is there a need for foster homes in Crow Wing County? (laughs) Yeah. That is a very big yes. Um, We are always looking for homes to help children of all ages. At this time, we especially need homes for teens and sibling groups as well. And when we say sibling groups, we have a lot of foster parents that will um, say they want babies or they want uh, preschoolers or they want uh, grade schoolers. And reality is if there's a sibling group, you may have one of everything. So you could have the baby, you could have the toddler, you could have the grade schooler, you could even have a teenager. So when we say sibling groups, um, it can run the gamut of the age groups then do we need to live in Crow Wing County to provide foster care? Yes, you do. Um, you need to be a resident of Crow Wing County, but we also encourage you, if you happen to live close but not right in Crow Wing County, reach out to your to your home county and ask them as well to get some information about providing foster care. Basically, you're telling us that all counties are facing this shortage of foster parents. Exactly. And we are so close to, say, Cass County um, with the Brainerd-Baxter area that we do have people inquiring that um, may may have a Brainerd address, but they're actually in Cass County, and they may not realize that they need to apply to their home county to get licensed. That makes sense. Yes. What do you guys find is the biggest hurdle or the biggest hesitancy for people to become foster parents, even if they've started the process? What is the... Is you know is there a specific hurdle? I would say um, emotion, atta- emotional attachment to the kiddos. Yeah, they believe that it will be very difficult to give them back once they've fallen in love with them. Mm-hmm. And how I respond to that, and it has happened, 
is no one can take away the memories these kids receive in your home. That's a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We had one home that had a child, a seven-year-old, for six months. And when he returned to his birth parent, she always wondered what happened to him. And you fast forward 20 years and a car drives into her yard asking if um, the foster parents lived there. And she was able to speak to him. And he was that seven-year-old that had been in her home for six months. Wow. um, Coming coming back to thank them. So we we just want (laughs) to... And it's tearjerker times in a lot of these situations. But just to know that the memories you create with these kids are going to matter. Absolutely. doesn't matter if it's a short period of time, if it's a long period of time, mm-hmm. um, you're going to matter in their life. And that's what we want to see. That's awesome. Yeah. And another question, do I have to live in a house? You can live in an apartment, a townhome, a condo, and mobile homes may be options as well. So we are... Looking forward to going through the process with everyone to make sure that you can provide a safe home for these foster kids. Another question, do I have to be married to provide foster care? No, you can be a single foster parent um, and provide just as much love as a married couple can as well. And then to go along with that, how old do you have to be to provide foster care? Mm. And you must be 21 years of age to become a licensed foster care provider. Oh, wow. And we get asked, um, can I work outside of my home and be a foster parent? And yes, you absolutely can. Um, Many of our providers have part-time or full-time jobs. And when it comes to medical expenses for a foster child, who pays for that? That's a good question. Yeah. Foster children always qualify for medical assistance, so that does not fall on the foster family to provide the medical care. So that's our main questions that we receive from um, prospective foster parents. Um, There's many more, but we just wanted to hit on the highlights of them. But we're always available for any other information someone might have regarding becoming a foster parent if there's something we did not discuss. Yeah. And do you ladies know how many um, children are currently in the foster system here in Crow Wing County? I know we currently have 72 licensed homes, but I don't have a number. Okay. All right. How about if we have listeners right now that say, you know, I, I think I could do this. What's that first step they should take? Please feel free to reach out to us at Crow Wing County. Um, you can call 218-824-1140 and just let them know you'd like some information on foster care and you will be connected with Debbie or I. And I'm guessing the call is no obligation <laughs> just to, to answer the questions just by calling doesn't sign you right up. So, okay. Right. They can also go on our website and we have some information on there now and they can... Um, connect through that also wonderful yeah and i would uh, assume standard background check those types of things are all required is there is you mentioned a lot of things that are not required is there anything that really is required other than being at least 21 yeah they will need anyone in their home over the age of 13 will need a background check oh that's Ah. yep okay very good and we go out to their home um so 
they would have to get used to people coming into their home. So one of the main first things we'll do is a, a walkthrough of the home just to verify that um, everything would work for setting up for foster care, which sounds probably a little scary, but it's not that scary. Right. Mm-hmm. And we haven't mentioned, but uh, foster parents do receive payment, do they not? We call it a stipend, stipend pretty much. Yeah. Because oh, okay. It's, it's not, it may not co- cover everything. It is the goes according to the age of the child as to what they receive and what services you need to provide for them. So if a child needs some extra help getting dressed, if a child needs extra help with um, toileting, if a child needs extra help due to um, running to counseling, that type of thing, it goes according to what they provide to the child. Yeah. And every case then different. Yep. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Well, we hope we have some parents and individuals who step forward here during Foster Care Month, the month of May. It is truly needed in every county. So please, if you've ever thought about it, make that phone call and mm-hmm. find out more. Yes, we couldn't do it without them. Again, that phone number, 824-1140. Very good. Yes. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today on Community Focus. Um, and thanks for what you're doing here in Crow Wing County. Thank you. All of you, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Our guests today, uh, Kara Terry, uh, she is the Community Services Director here in Crowing County. Deb Swazer is a case aide in the Child Care uh, Division. And Nikki Alec, who is a uh, child foster care licensor. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. And that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our community focus programs are available anytime. They're on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.